Dead Sports editors Mike Mara and Nate Head to be here today, but they are not. So instead, you got the other guys, the Dead Sports reporter Nick Landy here, joined alongside by my partner in crime, Kate Heather. And we are here to talk about Illinois State women's basketball who are getting ready to play in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament this weekend in the Quad Cities. We've been covering the team all season as their beat reporters, and now we are finally getting ready for the final chapter of this season. First off, Kate, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, nice to be here. First time on the uh, podcast. Right. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been able to come on a few times with <laughs> Nate before, uh, but this is the first time I'm actually headline. I guess you could say, co-headlining with uh, you. And it's, I've been looking forward to doing this because we got assigned to cover this team before the season started, not knowing really what to expect. It's mm-hmm. Kristen Gillespie's first year as head coach. They're coming off tough tenure under Barb Smith, and they're about to play the quarterfinal round of the MVC tournament against Northern Iowa on Friday at approximately 8.30. And the big story, obviously, is that they're in the quarterfinal. They're automatically in the quarterfinals. They're not playing in the playing game for the first time since 2014. So when you add that into everything else that's gone on this season, Cade, where has this team stacked up compared to your expectations for them heading into this season? Uh, coming into the season, I mean, I didn't really have high expect. I mean, I don't think anybody had high expectations with this team. And uh, I mean, just coming in with a new head coach, uh, Kristen Gillespie, you know, just kind of wanted to see what the identity was with this team. And I thought she uh, established that very soon or like very early on in the season uh, that this team, you know, they're not going to score a lot of points, but they rely heavily on their defense. And that's pretty much what's gotten what's gotten them to this point and what's gotten them out of the Thursday play-in game for the first time in uh, four or five years. Yeah, it, 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 You talk about that defense and the biggest common theme we've seen is that their defense has been excellent. In fact, they've been consistently ranked in the top 10 in the nation in scoring defense. What, when you look at that defense, what makes them so good in that area of the game? Um, I mean, like you said, Paige Saylor, it really sets the tone with the team overall. Um, as we saw today, she just won, uh, or she was selected to the all-defensive team. NBC for NBC all-defensive team. team. Uh, led the conference in steals with two and a half per game. Uh, I think they just really play tight defense, you know. I mean, they, they don't do anything too flashy. They just really play physical defense and really uh, just really make the opponent like score you know they don't give them easy baskets very often very physical defense fight really hard at the rim and they will do anything they can to get that turnover you talk about the awards mm-hmm. let's talk about that a little bit so earlier today the MVC announced its women's basketball's end of the year awards include well more particularly the teams the all-conference team honors right. and Paige Saylor you mentioned gets all-defensive team well-deserved she also gets all-freshman team as out of the three freshmen ISU had coming in this year, by far she's been their most successful one to come in, and she's going to be someone you can expect leading that team as the point guard moving forward for a long time. You then have Simone Goods, who gets all honorable mention team as well. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, it looked like she was someone who was poised to get a first-team selection. Then she had kind of that cold stretch during the first half of Missouri Valley Conference play. But since then, she's picked it up lately, and now she's, it seems like she's returning to her old self. Yeah, I mean, we saw her early on get off to a really good start uh, with the team 
mostly leading the team in points and then a couple of injuries uh saw teams start to double team her triple team her more often and you know she kind of went into a slump but recently she's kind of got out of that and figured out you know if she's getting double teamed or triple teamed there's going to be somebody else open they find other people open and maybe soon enough get the ball back inside to her and get a better shot or better look maybe not forcing as many shots uh recently truly she is someone that when she gets going that I you, you can almost expect they're either going to win it or they're going to take it down to the wire. But when she's yeah. on an off day, she you already know Illinois State's in trouble, basically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's recently especially, uh, like I said, in the past five games, she scored 20-plus points in three of those five games. I mean, she's ISU's kind of had to rely on her recently, uh, scoring in the paint if they want to, uh, like you said, win the game. And then finally to wrap up was Hannah Green. She ends up getting first team honors, kind of fitting considering that she's been this. Uh, you can say at this the only senior on the team, so you don't want to necessarily say she's the center of the rebuild since she won't be here after this year. But she's definitely been a leader on this team, someone that's motivated everyone to try to make a huge leap, take a huge leap from last year and have a good, huge first season under Coach Gillespie. And she ends up having a big year herself, averaging 12.8 points and six rebounds for, per game, also leading the Valley in blocks, has two per game. When it's all said and done, and if we, how, how significant has Hannah Green been, in your opinion, to this early, to this first stage of the rebuild? Well, you know, I think she's been very significant uh, within just being a leader in the in the locker room, being a leader on the court. Um, I mean, she, obviously, she's led the team in or not led the team in points, but she's second in points uh, and rebounds. You know, I think she's very important with this team and uh, kind of how the team uh, flows. You know, on offense, um, it's going to be it'll be tough to see her go next year, but with other players coming in, it'll be more exciting you know but uh it, it's going to be especially tough this year go because i feel like she made such an improvement in her offensive game mm-hmm. this season in years past i and, and at least with last season i felt like you she's someone you wouldn't expect to necessarily automatically hit the perimeter shot almost all the time but now anytime she pulls up especially from the baseline i almost expect that shot to hit nothing but nylon automatically i feel like she's developed herself to be into being more than just a post player and even especially we've seen even improvements in the three-point shooting yeah. with her and some of the other players as well I mean they've throughout the season we've seen this team truly take steps in improving their overall performance yeah I mean she led the team in three-pointers this season which I mean you may not have expected to see this year from her um she took the most three-pointers out of anybody this season I mean it looked just all throughout the season that she gradually felt more comfortable with her shot and just felt more comfortable taking contested shots even. Yeah, not even just her, but also Katrina Beck, Paige Saylor, and yeah. even Megan Talbot. Megan Talbot's someone you definitely would not expect to take a three, but now she's kind of developed herself into becoming a two-way player as well, and she'll be coming back next year. She's someone that I think could eventually get an all-conference honor if she continues improving. Right. Which, I mean, right. Coach Gillespie said at media day, in her opinion, she was the most improved player she saw already, and we've kind of seen examples of that, of that throughout the season so far. Yeah, I would have to agree with that, um, that she definitely improved over the off season, and then even throughout this season, she's uh, continued to improve. 
And I think, like you said, I think that could be somebody that we could see on an all uh, MVC team uh, next come next season. So before we look into Friday's game, let's talk a little bit about what helped them get out of the Thursday game, and that was by beating Bradley last Saturday in Peoria, 53-41, to and you actually had the chance to go cover that game. Huge monumental win for this program just to get them that first round by, something that they weren't used to having for some time now. And now that that's their last regular season game, now it's basically win or go home for them. What are your, how do you, what are your overall impressions of how this team is doing overall, based on what you saw on last Saturday and also, based um, the last couple of weeks leading up to now? Uh, well, just starting with Saturday, I think you know they started that game really slow. I mean, like a lot of games this season, they've started they started that game a lot uh, really slow. In the first half, they were down by like six or eight, and then uh, came back second half, and they were a completely different team out there. Uh, they started moving the ball around more. They looked way more confident with their shots and uh you know even at halftime after the game uh, coach Glasby said at halftime she asked her team like why why did why do they look like they're not they don't know the plays you know they looked like they didn't know the plays they didn't know what they were doing second half they come out and you know they come back and uh they looked like a completely different team and I think that they were able to get the ball more into Simone she led the team or she led the game and points with 25 that game uh, and like like we were saying earlier she's kind of been the uh, catalyst to this team you know once she gets going the whole team is going um, and I think that's really what happened on Saturday and that's uh, turned into a huge win for the program obviously avoiding Thursday's game so Friday's opponent we already mentioned third seeded Northern Iowa who the Redbirds have had two large losses to and Northern Iowa even though Drake gets no question most of the attention in the valley for that long conference winning streak they they've had northern iowa is a really good team themselves under head coach tanya warren and you especially look at their defense and that trap mm-hmm. defense they have that can take their opponent right out of the game just like that so in your opinion really what are the keys for friday's game in order for illinois state to have a chance at getting that big of an upset uh, well, the number one key is that they have to control the post uh, on Friday. And, I mean, the two games they played against you and I, they held, they they hung in there for a while. Uh, they played close games, and then towards the end, you and I would go on a run, and the rest was pretty much history, and it kind of lost by double digits. Um, but, you know, I think the key for Friday's game is that ISU needs to control the, po- the post. They need to out-rebound. They need to uh, score more points in the paint, I think. Um However, you know, UNI has a leading rebounder in Megan Moss. She's, I mean, they have a great uh, defense, great post game there. They do a great job at uh, control. They've done a great job at controlling uh, ISU's posts and holding Simone Goods uh, to only, like I said, Simone Goods in her past five games has scored 20 plus points. The least amount of points she scored in those games came against UNI. It was only three points, I believe. Uh, so UNI does a great job at controlling ISU's post. If ISU can find a way to get the ball more to Simone or Hannah or Megan Talbot, uh, get the ball inside and control the rebounding game. In my opinion, the one common theme I've seen with this team throughout much of the season, I always feel like almost every game they play, they always have one bad quarter. And it, you never know when that quarter is. You, yeah. you mean one game, it could be 
fourth quarter where they just, you know, they're in it after three, but then they end up losing by 12 or 13 because of how bad that fourth quarter went. Or it could just be a terrible first quarter and they end up having to play catch up for the remainder of the game. You never know what and when this team is going to have that bad period of play. So in my opinion, they have to really play a consistently solid four quarters of of basketball and especially they're gonna have to do really good in my opinion at the start they need they we in my opinion if they want to take the pressure out of themselves they got to get off to a fast start and put a lot of pressure on northern iowa to maybe go to that full court defense a little early and then see if illinois state can find a way to break that full court defense early and get more points out of it yeah i would have to totally agree they would isu needs to get off to a better start uh than we've seen all season really usually they've been off to some slow starts they got to kind of control the tempo uh, a little more than uh, usual and like you said play play hard uh, the full 40 minutes which we haven't really seen them do very much this season and then yeah before we go off to the future I mean let's actually go this question does kind of have to deal with the future but we did mention how Drake is the 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 top of the at the top of the valley they've been at the top of the valley for the last couple of years now and they're showing no signs of slowing down anytime soon they've basically won every valley game for the last two years uh, in your based on what you've seen of Drake what what is it about them that makes them that dominant in the league and what are some of the things you think that ISU could take a page or two off of Drake's program that they could apply to themselves and maybe put themselves in a position to one day be right at the top of the league? Well, I think Drake is uh, a little different from Illinois State, whereas the Bulldogs, they just score a lot of points. I mean, they average 83 points a game. That's 13 more than uh, the next most in the conference. I mean, they everybody they, everybody they put out there uh, can, can score. Everybody does, like, anything, you know, score in the post or shoot. They... They have a lot of uh, two-way players, and everybody can score on that team, really, and they just score a lot of points, and that's pretty much what they do. They outscore you. Got to find a lot of offense, but even on defense, they'll make the big play here. Oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a completely sound team, and that's why they've been able to right. pull out so many victories over the last couple of years, and I'm sure I would not be shocked if they won at least that game in the, in the NCAA tournament this season because I think right they should be in. They did have actually a slow non-conference um, schedule. They didn't get off to that flashy of a start and they weren't ranked but then as soon as valley play came in boom they're starting to win all the valley games and now they're back to over 20 months again yeah two years in a row they finished uh undefeated in the valley so yeah so i think right they even if they didn't somehow did not win hoops in the heartland they would be pretty much a lock for an at-large yes i think they would have to be i mean and i mean i i think they're going to i mean i think they're gonna most likely win hoops and hoops in the heartland find that uh, automatic bid well and for sure if you remember last year northern iowa took him down to the wire in that final game last year and northern iowa definitely has a good enough team to hang in with drake again this year so i'm looking forward to seeing how hoops and heartland plays before we wrap up to talk a little bit more about the future if there's one thing i think a lot of fans should be excited about for this program moving forward it's the recruits that are coming in they have four recruits coming in next year who were mcdonald nominees for the mcdonald's all-america game and recently we learned that two of them who are from iowa were all state selections in that state have mary crompton who was a third team selection and then the big one lexi kudelka was a first team selection complete i've been keeping an eye on her on twitter and seeing all the records she's been breaking at her high school and you just look at this class and you first again you're just amazed that 
Kristen Gillespie could put together a great class like this when you consider how late she was hired last offseason. It took Larry Lyons a while to make that hire after Barb Smith got fired. But with that said, we've got, you and I have both done columns about how optimistic people should be about this program moving forward. But when you look at these recruits coming in, how high is the ceiling for Illinois State women's basketball moving forward? Uh, well, I think it's very high. You know, they aspire to be like a team like Drake in this conference. Um, and like you said, Gillespie hasn't even been here for a year, and she's already bringing four top recruits into the into the program. And you know, you got a question like two of these people. Two of these are from Iowa. You know, maybe Drake or Northern Iowa were looking at them, and maybe Illinois State could have stolen them away. But I don't know. Um, I think. These are huge. This is huge for the program uh, moving forward. Just one season under Chris and Gillespie, and I mean we've seen drastic improvements. Um, they're already a Friday team. You know they finished significantly better in the conference, and I think there's plenty of uh, optimism for the future. And yet they actually didn't, they finished below what their expectation was. They were, they were picked to finish fifth in the preseason poll, if I'm not mistaken, and they end up getting sixth seventh. or seventh. My, my yeah. apologies. They finished seventh. Uh, so yeah. I might actually get <laughs> slightly above up. expectations. I knew they were expected to be a little bit better than last season based off of getting Coach Gillespie and getting someone like Simone Goods to be in the program as well based off her success um, in the past couple of years. So not a shock there, but... Yeah, I think with us being White Sox fans, we could agree that the second year is going to be significantly important because we saw how good Robin Ventura did in his first year with the Sox, thinking everything is going to be great with right. him. And next thing you know, they just started Nothing falling apart. Right. So next year is going to be a huge year for Coach Gillespie and her staff, but it's one Redbird fans should be very excited for. Cade, thank you very much for joining yeah, us today. You. It's been great covering the team with you this season. I look forward to keeping an eye on them in the near future. Yeah, same. Thank you for having me, and it's been a great season. I mean, had a lot of had a lot of fun uh, covering this team. All right. Well, the other guys are heading out of the office right now, so thank you for joining us on this latest Vedette podcast. Have a fantastic day.